In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, the voice of a generation. A voice of a fan base, a voice of a, a demographic of baseball fans, Courtney Finnecum. Always, always, you are the voice of the voice of the people who. I, I tell you what, Courtney, the um, the Marguerite Popskill post. Yes, a lot of buzz about that. A lot of, bu- I've had people tweet me ever since that podcast and that post, thanking me for steering them in the correct direction. I mean, this is you're doing God's work here. Work here. I, I am doing the baseball God's work, as I always try to do, Rob, when I go to these stadiums. You know that. I, I, I mean, what, the, the, the next step is that we need to fund you to go to multiple stadiums because... We need, we need to. I need to somehow monetarily get something for the hobby. <laughs> monetarily get something instead of... I mean, so, but you did, I mean, because your other job, I believe you were able to expense your, your margarita helmet in Texas, right? I still am. So there are, so there are benefits to, I mean, I am sort of getting paid for this because during my work trips, I do like to go to baseball games. Yeah. All covered. That's all free. So technically, you know, I am getting paid to do this technically. So do you have, before we get going, before we talk about uh, how the, the, the fan who is on the other end of these trades feel, the, the fan who has to live through the last couple of months of the season Googling prospects' names and, and hoping for 2024, before we get to that, are, do you have any more ballpark trips planned for the rest of the season? So I am going out to Coors in Colorado. Ooh. End of August. Have you been there before? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, but I'll have but I'll have a suite there. I'm getting I'm getting taken to the game from my sales reps. Ooh. And I'll eat. So we might want to do a recap on that to see like the sweet food, you know? I think so I I was we were up in um I had some some uh Cape Cod League interns who were coming up to to see the broadcast booth and WEI was nice enough to get them sweet tickets. And so, you know, they had never been in suites. And I said, so this is like, I felt like stupid after the fact, because I'm like, I this felt like such a, like a power broken name drop sort of thing, but it's the best way I can describe suites. You've been in a suite before. Oh yes. Many yeah, times. Yeah. So uh, it's, I said, it's like, you know, you go on a private jet. Have you been on a private jet before? Never have, but I've, okay. I've had friends that have done it. So I'm aware. Okay. Of- so, and I may have said this to you before, but I go on a private jet. All you can think about is how do I get make enough money to go on a private jet all the time? Absolutely. And when you, when you go to a suite, like you're thinking, 
why do I have to mingle with a riffraff? It's 100%. It's like, or I like to use this as a traveler when you go to first class. Yes. When you fly yeah. oh, thank go back. You. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot go back. Like, it's just, why do I want to mingle with the common folk, the riffraff, the nonsense? This is where I belong, right here, the suites, first class. That's where I belong. You're the, you're the, speaking of which, you're the female George Clooney and up in the air. Like, so. I, so I mean, you 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 do you do first class all the time, as much as I can. Okay. I mean, it depends. Obviously, sometimes you know, pre post COVID travel in general was astronomical for a while. I'm finally seeing it sort of get back to normal levels, um, but I try to do it as much as I can. It's it's a, such an experience, honestly. Yeah. Even if, even if it's a 35 minute flight, it's worth. Yeah, it's the greatest. Do you and do you have a preferred airline? I love Delta. I'm a big Delta fan. Okay. It flies out of Midway in Chicago, which I prefer over O'Hare. Okay. But the Delta, not enough directs. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I just wonder if, if uh, the Sam Elliott uh, character is going to come come from the cockpit and said, congratulations, you are your eighth person I'm giving this card to. For, Thanks. Thank you for your loyalty. <laughs> That's tremendous. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, so uh, let's get down to brass tacks here. All right, so you uh, are a diehard White Sox follower slash fan. Um, we all thought coming into this year that the White Sox were going to be better. Uh, we did the podcast with with Pedro Grafal. I think that we were, you know, after doing that, Courtney, we were optimistic. We were like, like a lot of people, like, let's go, let's go. They're yep. going to change the dynamic, change the culture, so forth and so on. And it only got worse. And I don't blame Pedro for this. And maybe the don't and don't be swayed by what I say, certainly. Um, but, you know, I don't you can blame whoever you want, but it, it hasn't worked out. So as we sit here um, now, you are the representative of all these teams. And we can go down the list of teams who have already defined themselves as sellers. You know, the, obviously the White Sox, you have the Mets now. Um, you have the obviously the teams like the Royals, the the Rockies. Um, I'm trying to think of who who just made uh, another trade today. Oh, say the Cardinals, Cardinals. the Cardinals, yeah. another team. Like who would have ever thought they would? And Never. but so it's a lot of uh, with great uh, with great power comes great responsibility, and that's how you have to treat this podcast, Gordy. How does it feel? Like how do you feel now at going into the trade deadline? So again, I am obviously I have a very different view because I'm dealing with the White Sox organization. Right. And that's a whole different animal, as we all know, that whole dynamics a little different on the south side. Um, And I will say just jumping on the Pedro thing for half of a second here. um, I have often said that Billy Martin in his prime would not get these guys to to be a playoff team. So I don't fully blame Pedro for this. I do at times think he's overmatched. Um, maybe a little inexperienced. Um, there's been some flaws for sure, but certainly not all his fault. With that being said, um, I was ready to sell this team back in June. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we did that podcast, you and I, I think back in like end of May, where I was all excited. I'm like, you know what? The Central's trash. We're yeah. going up. I was so excited. And then reality hits, which is what I was worried about. And I have often said, you know, these guys that I know are not coming back next year, the Lance Lynn's, the Giolitos, 
get rid of them. Cut the fat literally and figuratively and get some guys that you can count on the next five years or so. So I have been ready to tear this down since June. And as we sit here on Sunday, July 30th, I am like refreshing Twitter every 10 minutes yeah. to see if there's been more trades being made. Like I am just ready to tear this down. Do you feel like almost re-energized by it in a way? Because, you know, how how much can you just take being beat over the head with losses? And oh well, and then you win. And I mean this this is this is a continuum that happens, Courtney. Uh, it probably happened till like through June where they could win a game. And this isn't just the White Sox. This is like every team. Yep. You win a game and like, oh, wait, wait, wait a second. This is it. Look at starts. Yes. Could this be the start? <laughs> I know. But I mean, but finally you're able to put that in the rear view and yep. you're able to say the, the, and where were you when you found out that because Giolito was the first, let's go. Okay. They're ready to trade. Where were you when you found that out? I was here in Chicago and just like everybody else, refreshing Twitter, looking at looking at the trade deadline, looking at the MLB transactions. And I actually had a Twitter poll asking who the first guy was going to be that was gone. Hmm. Sure. Enough, Giolito was like 72 percent. Yeah. And I agreed. And obviously it, it had to happen. Um, I think where he's going, the Angels are a really good fit for him. Angels. How about the Angels being being buyers? How about uh, that? Well, I mean, it's like the you te- some teams go all in, and then the, then the all in is like the capital A for the Angels. I mean, all, it's it's kind of nuts. And when you that's the thing is that it's almost it's easy. It's an easier life to live when you sell your guys. You have new guys who you get to watch. And you get to follow and you get to dream about the next year rather than let's say what the angels did, where you just pay, put all your chips to the middle of the table. We're not yep. trading Shohei. We're getting yep. Giolito. We're getting Ronaldo Lopez. And then the sad trombone of two straight losses to the blue Jays. Right. Yep. Right. But yep. think, think about that. See, you're welcome. Thank you. You don't want that anxiety. You don't. And, and it's honestly the truth, because if that were the Sox, I'd be losing my mind. I'd be like, you know, you pull me in and then you push me out again. You know, it's like, what's this tease, you know? So it's, and I feel like talking about other teams, like the Mets, Met fans are in the exact same position I am. Now the Mets, they've spent a ton of money in the off season. I mean, what has happened to that team is mind blowing. You know, it's just terrible. And I feel across a lot of Met fans tweets and they're just as frustrated as I am. They're like, you know what? Get rid of these guys. I don't even want to look at them anymore. You know? Yeah, so- it, it's it's. I'm sorry, but you're you're exactly right, and I can see sense this. And I'm glad. Like, I didn't know as we were talking. I'm getting this vibe more and more and more, which is such a. I'm so glad you're on right now because it is such a reality of the exhaustion of it all, and then yep. you can just like, oh, okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you for training. It's over. It's over. And even the White Sox, right? Like, they make these big trades. They lose, you know, half their pitching staff. They're going to probably make more trades, God willing. And there they are this weekend, you know, winning two games in a row from Cleveland. And it's like, really? Now you're going to not do this nonsense? And, of course, they lost today. But it's just – it's that's the roller coaster of baseball. And it's an incredible thing, but – 
And you know my rule, Rob, we've talked about this. Prospects are prospects until they're not. So half these guys could be literally nothing and never make it. That's the risk. That's so this is the ongoing roller coaster ride that is of being a sports fan, right here. Yeah. And then and then you have the Google machine. You're wearing yep. out the Google machine on these guys and you're talking to people and you're Googling yep. people because this is the hope that this is people love the unknown. They, they This is why the off season is such a big thing. They love the idea of what might be. They love the idea of Andrew Benintendi, what he might be. He loves <laughs> they love the idea of, you know, wh- whoever else, you know, what he might be. And like, Oh, I can see we did that. We played this game, Courtney, like throughout spring training, um, I, I picked the White Sox to win the division. I still think, I still think that they were the most talented team in that division. Likewise. I mean, I have them winning 87, 88 games this year, which yeah. could have easily which could easily win that division. Easily win that division. And I remember when um Lance Lynn got traded, I literally put every White Sox beat writer in a group text and I'm like, tell me about these guys we got right now. I need information. That's how crazy I am, you know. But but you know what? It's good that you did that. I bet they didn't know any. <laughs> no, no, believe me, they don't. It's it's like you are. Yeah, it, but it's it, it, this is. I remember. I remember last year. Um, I was down. I was in Houston for the trade deadline, and stuff is happening. We're waiting outside. The there's some trade alls all went down, and then I think the Deakman trade went down. Oh, and yeah. you texted and, I'm, and Courtney, I, I want to thank you. Like this is you had give so for Reese McGuire, and he's yeah. like he, he's a good punter. I'm like I'm like that's an odd thing to say, but you but know what? Like, he, he's he was, like the, he's like the best punter in the major leagues. I, and I remember the first time I saw Reese throw down a bunt, a successful bunt in a Red Sox uniform. Like there's my guy. There oh. he is. Like you you had the most nail scouting report out of anybody at the trade deadline. So congratulations. I remember I texted her. I said, okay, give me the rundown on Deakman. What yeah, can I expect? Yeah. And then I'm like, he can well, throw the what, what I said about Deakman, I said, what you're going to want to do is you want to want to release him so he gets to Tampa and then he becomes really, really good. Don't even get that. <laughs> Don't get that. It's so difficult. But that's, again, life of a sports fan, right? What? So, it, you know, when it, the, the, when we reflect on it now, it's all about looking forward for teams like the White Sox, the Mets, all these teams. And, you know, at least you have the conversation, unlike the A's, unlike the Royals, unlike the Rockies, where nobody ever thought they were going to be good, right? right. Yep. At least you have the conversation of, well, what went wrong, right? What went wrong? And we can, uh, they're wearing it out in New York with the Mets. What went yeah. wrong with the Mets? Um, yeah. Even in places like Pittsburgh, where you're in it a little bit, and then you're like, okay, yeah. well, what went wrong? Why did you fall off a cliff? Um, so people have asked me about the White Sox. And I obviously, you know, like, because of literary reasons, I followed them quite closely. And I, it's, a, it's a tough one, Courtney. It's a tough yeah. one. It's like the the what went wrong with the White Sox. It's not an easy answer. I think that should be your next book, Rob. What went wrong with the 2023 White Sox? <laughs> yeah, so you would have to do serious research because there. <laughs> and I can I mean, there's so many layers to it, Rob. And we've you know, we've certainly explored this off off the podcast yeah. on the podcast. 
you know, it's a team that's filled with not a lot of baseball players. And I think you know what I mean when I say that. Yeah. They're a team that, you know, they play out of position a lot. There's infielders playing the outfield. There's people that have no business playing these positions, playing these positions. And they're a team that has a lot of first basemen and a lot of DHs. They're not a fundamentally sound team. And we brought that up when we talked to Pedro, like, hey, this is my concern about about the group of guys we currently have. Mm-hmm. And he sort of, you know, gave a very respectful answer about what he was looking to do. And I was a believer in that. But I think we're all seeing exactly what my concern was with this team. And that's why I think nobody's untouchable on that team. That includes and that includes Tim Anderson, Aloy Jimenez. I would even kick the tires out of Luis Robert. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I went back to some interviews in spring training and they were talking about all these new drills they were doing. They understood like they had to get better defensively. But to your point, either you are or you aren't. If you're playing out of position, you're playing out of position. And it's when when I came to see the White Sox in mid-June, you know, we walk out to the field for batting practice and they had the these um, sort of screens set up not just the normal pitching screens, but big screens set up all along sort of in front of the mound. And Alex Cora walked out. I was like, oh, that's new. And Mm -hmm. so, and what it was, was they were desperately trying to get these hitters to hit the ball in the air. Like, (laughs) so, so I give them a for effort. Right. But, but, but but first of all, like either you do, you don't. And also, that's not where baseball's going. It's just like put the ball in play, and you know, it. But it's it's like you are you, and this is where I feel bad for Pedro. Is that you can only do so much. You just can't. And and I truly believe when we interviewed him, I think it was back in January. Even he was new. I don't think he knew what he was really getting himself involved in. I don't think he did. I think he thought you know he could come in there, be a breath of fresh air you know, do a little tweaking fundamentally, but just like you said, either you have it or you don't. And this group of guys just does not have it. They do not have it. Mm-hmm. They might have it individually with a, a better team. Like if Tim Anderson goes to Houston. Do you want Tim might- Anderson to be traded? Oh God. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I would, I would trade him tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like I it's- said, I would even kick the tires of, at a Luis Robert trade. If it was an out of this world. Yeah. I mean, he should be a top five, top certainly a top ten player. He's so good, but, but it's mm. can't stay can't stay on the field though. You know, yeah, I mean that yeah. two thirds of the team is like that. So yeah, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this: so how many more White Sox games? So this is another thing for fans of these teams. The, we we've established that going to baseball games is the best thing to go to. Yep. But at the same time, it's okay. You're being challenged because part of going to a baseball game is you hope the best for your team and you have rooting interest in your team. And yeah. now let's be honest. It's like, uh, okay. It's like, like I, I'm, I'm here for the frozen. I'm here for the margarita popsicles. Pretty much how, it. Right. So how many more games do you think you'll go to this year? It's, it's a great question. I've actually had this conversation with a few people this weekend. I'm thinking, I'm like, geez, you know, it's already August next week. How many more of these am I actually going to go to this year now? But, you know, Rob, you know how it is. I'm a huge baseball person. Honestly, well, what I will start doing now is going to the stadium for the opposing team. Yeah. Uh, you know, I looked at the schedule. I see the Yankees are coming to town still. 
Um, there's some there's some appealing opponents coming still. So, and I like the end of the year um, sort of kind of saying goodbye to baseball. I like those mid September games and the weather's a little bit cooler. You go to the ballpark, you see a fun team playing the Sox. So there's probably about three or four I would still go to. I w- I would say until the end of the year. Okay, uh, and they obviously the White Sox and other teams are going to have to be more creative. Um, I noticed that they have what was the ketchup bell? Is that right? Is that a thing? Oh well, it and unfortunately it is a thing. And oh, I, I hit the sweet spot. Let's go. You did because you know White Sox Twitter blew up with this because this sometimes the White Sox are very short sighted on some of their marketing ideas, and it's literally a bell. That says shame on it. Bell of shame. Okay. So, of course, White Sox Twitter is dying over this. They're like, can we ring the bell for every inning that we've had to watch of this team this year? That's really the bell of shame, not ketchup on a hot dog. That's the bell of shame. There's <laughs> a bell of shame now at Sox Park. And But it, but it's, for, yes, but it is for the ketchup if you put ketchup it on is a for hot dog. Ketchup. That is the Chicago way. We're not supposed to have ketchup. Oh, oh, I, oh I didn't really. Okay, that's the thing. Oh, you didn't realize that. Oh, that's. I mean, I, I I know that some people don't like ketchup on their. I didn't know it was a Chicago thing. A Chicago thing, yeah. I mean, it, no. it's like, a, and it's so stupid. I mean, go ahead and put ketchup on your hot dog. I don't care, and I'm a pure <laughs> Chicagoan, but it is a thing here. We do not want ketchup on our hot dogs. Um, so there's literally a bell of shame that if you order ketchup with your hot dog at Sox Park they'll ring that bell. You know what they have to do? This is another thing which all these teams that we're talking about who are are trudging their way through the last couple of months of the season, especially the White Sox, they have to go take their inner Bill Vec. Like, they have to, they have to, let's go, disco, uh, disco demolition night. Let's do something wild at the park. Nickel beer night. Bring farm animals into the stadium. Let them sit, let them sit in the stands. Who cares? (laughs) So when I studied sports marketing in school, one of my favorite curriculums was the Bill Vec one. And I literally wrote my paper on Bill Vec, which was amazing for me, of course. I mean, the guy was incredible. Let's bring Bill Vec back. So, so, yeah. So what would you, so you, you've just been hired for the last two months of the season for the White Sox. Uh, And maybe the farm animal idea of uh, every other seed is a farm animal. And maybe that's your big million dollar idea. Goes. 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 Yes, go. Okay. All right. I mean, there has to be some, there has to be some, some innovative alcohol uh, concoction that we can think of, right? Yeah. Maybe a two for one margarita popsicle deal. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> I don't have to waste this. I don't have to watch bad baseball yeah. for the last months. Yeah. There, we have to think of that. We have, uh, that's the next one. We have to basically, here you go, White Sox, A's. Rockies, Cardinals, Mets. Uh, we are going to help you get through the last couple of months of the season. We are going to give you ideas. <laughs> there you go. And maybe some like wild uniform innovations, you know, Ooh. like, yeah, you yeah. know, kind of Savannah bananas do like some, just some wacky stuff. Who cares at this point? They should, months? yeah, they should actually like sign someone from the Savannah bananas. They, they absolutely should. <laughs> put, them, put them in New York, put them in Chicago. Let's just have a good time. Well, what's, the, what's the difference? Uh, uh, all right. Well, I, listen, like I said, I mean, you, you are, it's very important. Some of the information and, and, and the, the feeling that you are passing along. This is a, 
this is going to be a couple rough t- couple months. But as he said, it's it's not really a rough couple months. It's there is just like this sign of resignation. And and there's a lot of things in life where we feel this way, right? It like, is. Enough, enough, enough. This okay, okay. Now we can move on. Now we can move on. Let's so. rip the bandaid off and let's hope for, you know, a better future, obviously. But I feel I really do resonate with the Mets fans because that's a really tough fan base as well. They've had some bad luck over the years, as we all know, the Mets history. And they spent all that money this, you know, this offseason to just be an absolute crap. I mean, horrific. So I feel for them. I feel their pain. But at the end of the day, I feel like you got to sell these guys off. Try to get what you can and hope for for a better 2024 and beyond. And you, you, by the way, stumbled upon a great idea I just had. The tarp should be one giant Band-Aid. Oh, that's really good. And then rip it off. Rip it off. That is. <laughs> there you go. All right, Courtney, we solved a lot of world's problems tonight. As always. always. All right.